Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. Did you understand anything I just said? Yeah, I got it. I'm good at that. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. <laughs> it sounds like we uh like we on path. Yep, we're on a path. On 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How are you doing? I am well. Just well. I am well. Not fantastic? Nope, not fantabulous. All right, well. I am well. I am here. I am ready to do a radio show with you, good sir. Why are you just well? No reason. I just am. Okay, that's good. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both of those open for you all hour long, as well as on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, We will kind of touch on JoJo Doman, his announcement that came out a little bit ago. Uh, We'll touch on that briefly and kind of what that means for the defense going forward. And then we will also um, ask Aaron Sorensen about it when she joins us today at 2.30. Um, and then later in the final segment, we are going to give away a care basket, um, courtesy of Beatrice Bakery. I contacted the winner or the the people that were uh, nominated today, mm-hmm. and they are uh, all on board. So we are good to go with that. We'll announce that here in the final segment on a Thursday. Rico, yes, I haven't I haven't been able to talk to you about this. I told you that I I went to the dentist today. Yes. Why do people not like the dentist? Because people don't like hands in their mouths and I, no, no. and your teeth are getting messed with and it just it's it's a strange feeling and sometimes it's painful for for some people. Um probably my guess is a, a lot of people don't take care of their teeth and they don't want to be told that they don't take mm-hmm. care of their teeth. Yeah, that that could be I suppose. Cuz like I got I got my teeth cleaned today. Mhm. And I'm just like sitting here and I keep feeling my teeth and how clean they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I, I kind of wish I could go back every month and get my teeth cleaned. You only got to go like every six months. Yeah, that's what they told me. And you just take care of your teeth. All right. That's all it is. 
Husker, it's not, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, people, I was expecting, people just don't I was want expecting to be, more reaction from you out of that. No, I, I've been to the dentist. To no, I've been to the dentist multiple times. I've been told that I have fantastic teeth, but my my molars are very deep, so I gotta, you know, can't really clean them with a toothbrush. So mm. I found out that I have to get my wisdom teeth taken out. I only have two. I have the top two. And they keep telling me to do it, and I should do it before the end of this year. Yeah, they, um, but I just haven't <laughs> scheduled an appointment for that. This yet. is going to be Surprise. kind of this is going to be yeah shocker. This is going to be kind of outing you a little bit. They told me that I, they really recommend people to get them pulled, but or get them done before age twenty six. Mm-hmm. And how old are you? I am turning twenty eight this month. Okay, so you're not so far away, I suppose. <laughs> well, as I've told you before, I had not gone to the dentist until last year since I was. Like ten, so it had been a while. Yeah, have you ever had braces? Nope. I got great mm. teeth, bro. I had braces in second grade uh, because I had an underbite, so I had braces in second grade. Had? Yes, exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant had braces. <laughs> had braces because so I had my braces off for a week, and my buddy in third grade, after I just got my braces off, comes around the corner, scares me. I slam my head into a wall why and I did chip you, my front tooth how, how do you get scared and slam your head into a wall did you like go to turn away I, he, and he you, like he like pushed me oh. but not pushed me but he like grabbed yeah like my shoulders and i freaked out slammed my head against a wall Chipped and chip my tooth mm. and they had to spread my two front teeth apart to fix it mm. what a, a week after i got my braces off what a tragedy! And at that point, I was done with the, um, done the with dentist. all the just yeah. Ryan says this: I got my wisdom teeth pulled at age thirty-three, and I'm still alive. Well, you're fine, Rico. I'm not saying you die. Are you sure, Ryan? I'm not saying Are you, you would sure die. Are you sure you're alive and you're not you're not texting in from the grave? Ooh, I don't think spooky. he would. Um. So, Rico, let's let's touch on JoJo Doman here a little bit. JoJo announced. If you are just now kind of joining us, I can pull up his. Uh, official statement. He says this in a graphic that he posted on Twitter 40 minutes ago for the past six years, I've been honored to play for Nebraska. I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity to be a part of a special community and program. I will always be a Husker Jojo Doman. So he was out for the rest of the year and you kind of feel like that concludes. Well, you know, it concludes his Husker career. Let's, let's talk about this. And we, and we kind of touched on it with, with Tom and Bach I just think when you're looking at at the draft ahead, and we get this off the text line, Corey and Lincoln says he's getting drafted. Obviously, it, it's a big matter of, of how you test out and and what you kind of how you kind of talk about to or how you kind of talk to potential teams and and organizations in the NFL. However, I think age has a big factor in this. Unfortunately. Okay, because you see, you you see all these rookies that are getting drafted, age twenty one, age twenty two, and and now you're going to have, and this is going to be the case for a lot of programs, not just JoJo Doman, not mm-hmm. just Nebraska, but you see the case where he's going to be twenty five when he gets drafted, when it comes draft time, mm-hmm. and in, in in terms of that, with also being from a program that he really, we we said he worked his way into the draft conversation in the later stages of the season especially last Saturday. He played really, really well last Saturday. Um, high, and he's a high-motor guy. Mm. And I think Nate, Nate Gary is a really good comparison as to not necessarily where he's going to be drafted, but to where his NFL future may lie. The ability to do many different things at a single position. Where it may be, where it may be the, um, 
he a fringe guy, like a fringe day three to a priority undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. um, one that fights for a spot on a on a roster. He may be like a Stephen Carter, spends a long long period of his first couple years um, on a practice squad, then finally gets the call up a little mm-hmm. bit later into his career. It, it might be something like that, but um, he finishes. Uh, his sixth collegiate season includes 72 tackles. He had nine tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles, three pass breakups, and he actually had his first two INTs um, in this last season through 10 games mm-hmm. for Nebraska. So definitely a big loss. Now, how does this make you change your thoughts about this defense? Does this change your thoughts over uh, about the black shirts heading into um, not necessarily this week, but next Saturday when they're losing a guy from the linebacker room that they're used to being there. Despite, put the pr- productivity aside, whether he was productive, which the last couple games he was in terms of how many tackles he 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 had and recorded in those games, but just they're losing losing a guy in terms of depth at at, at the linebacker position. Well, I I mean I don't think any less of this defense at all. Um, it's going to be rough losing a as you said a high motor guy who is kind of all over the field, seems like he's in on just about every tackle um, at the linebacker position. He's fantastic in the cover game. Uh, he can you know, he, he can uh, cover some of the slot guys, or you can put him outside on, on maybe some guys that usually are in the slot, but they, they move him outside for some reason. Uh, he, he's really good in, in, in coverage, tackling, rushing the quarterback, just about everything. But I was talking to Happer in the hallway about this, and, and I kind of asked him the same question. He said, you know, against these next two uh, opponents who really are are, are run heavy, uh, replacing him is. I mean, obviously you don't you 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 hate to replace somebody who's very who's been very productive for you this season. But replacing him against teams who are very run heavy and aren't actually looking to pass the ball all that much, you can slide one of the run of the other linebackers, one of the outside linebackers, into his spot when you're not asking them to cover a wide receiver in the slot all that much. Um, and I mean, you'll you'll lose a little bit of pro- productivity, but it won't hurt as much as you're probably thinking. Now, if they, if the last two games were against a uh, uh, Purdue or an Ohio State, that would be kind of problematic because, again, as I said, a great linebacker pass rushing and covering the pass, uh, and then you would have to slide somebody like Feldarius Payne, who is who's really good at rushing the passer, but in in pass um, <clears throat> in defending the pass, he's a little lackluster that way. So. Uh, the fact that you have two run-heavy teams that you're going up against defensively, uh, it, it it doesn't bode well because you're losing somebody uh, very productive, but it shouldn't be that difficult. I, so I, I wanted to just kind of wrap a bow on JoJo Doman as, as a Husker there, and, and so um, he's not going to be playing in the rest of the season. He's done. His Husker uh, career is finished, and, and we'll see what happens come next spring and, and the NFL draft. I, I want to stay with Husker football, though. Obviously, it's been an exciting week, or exciting um, kind of because it's been an interesting week. I, I think it's okay to say that it's been an exciting week, though, because because it's Has it been it, exciting. You would hope Just that the steps people. because you hope that the steps that the program that Trev Albert, Scott Frost, and the rest of the staff that are still there are taking mm-hmm. is making this program better. So I think that in in that situation when you're or talking like about a it hopeful that way, week, I don't I I just don't know if exciting is the right word I would use. I mean it's been it's been an interesting, it's been a news filled week. It's been a it's been a week filled with 
with you know hope or or right. or interest towards the program but i don't know if exciting would be the right word i would use to some people it's very exciting because they 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 get the head coach who they they've they've wanted back for so long and and they want him to stay with the program and they think he'll be the one to turn it around and mm-hmm. all of that and they got rid of to some people they got rid of the the coaches in areas where they have been very problematic and they're opening up the needs uh, for the offensive end of things. So to some people, this has been extremely exciting, and they feel as if um, the the re-signing of Scott and the departure of the four coaches mm-hmm. is something that they can get excited about. And we it kind of goes back to that whole thing that I kind of touched on yesterday that Rico and I both agree on, um, is that this, has a, this is an opportunity for, for Frost to really show that he's growing as a coach. It's an opportunity with the people that they put around him the people that he chooses to put around him. Now, Rico, I'll ask you this. Are you skeptical of the fact that Scott claims, Scott Frost claims that he wants to give up more um, of the offense, being like a, an integral part of the offense, I should say. Are you skeptical Skeptical that that will actually happen? Because I, I've yes. heard that that's a big, yes. not, not complaint I don't, necessarily, but a big worry going around through, through Husker Nation right now. I do not believe he will give up that much control of the offense. I want to believe that he will, but I don't. Be- I I truly do not think that a man who has been so involved with the offense is is a very offensive minded head coach. Uh, was involved with the offense every everywhere that he's been will give up that much play calling duties to somebody else, uh, to somebody new within his program. Um, I I am hopeful that he does allow his new offensive coordinator to take more control of the offense and to do what whatever that person mm-hmm. wants to do with the offense and that Scott Frost will still keep his input with the program going, but uh, keep his input with the offense going, but I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a huge huge idea or factor of who they decide to get. I think we're going to know also if if they bring in an offensive coordinator, if Scott Frost brings in an offensive coordinator that has offensive coordinator experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying cuz I don't think it's going to happen, but if if it was a Tom Herman like that's had offensive coordinator experience, I don't think Tom Herman's going to come. If it's if it's a guy that has experience at uh, coaching and running an offense, I I have much more hope in it. I have much more hope. Now, if they go get a analyst from the Big 12 or, or wherever. If they get a position coach a position from somewhere. Coach, to... I, I'm a little more hesitant to believe it. And that makes sense. Possibly for good reason. Because maybe, um, I, I mean, obviously Scott Scott Frost will have some uh, a certain amount of, of faith in the guy that he brings in to run the offense because that's why he's bringing him in. However... If it's the if it's an analyst or a wide receiver position, you you kind of feel like there may be some some a, a reason to be skeptical that it's going to be the offensive coordinator's offense at the end of the day. Now, let me ask you a question: do you do you want to see more of the more of the jobs divvied up, or at least divvied up in in a different way, as as opposed to how it was, where your offensive coordinator was your wide receivers coach, and maybe your offensive coordinator just focuses on being the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, maybe you have your running backs coach being the the run game coordinator, you know, your mm-hmm. offensive line, and, you know, do you want to see Scott take over the quarterback coach, or do you just kind of want to see that, well, you know, depending on depending on how that goes, see that position, either go to Scott or go to an analyst role and, and bring in, you know, some type of, I mean, everybody wants a special teams coach. We believe that they should probably get see, a special teams coach. But, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't do that, 
what other position group do you think they, they would bring in as a coach? See, and okay, before I answer that, I don't think they need a special teams coach. You don't? I don't. Do you think they need like a, a, a kicker's coach? Like a specialist coach? I don't. I just think they need to get a, re- a guy that can return the football and a, a, a kicker and a punter. I mean, you need somebody to. to I mean, I mean, so do I, you need do you need somebody to to coach up your kickers to make sure they're doing the right things to coach up your punters to make sure they're doing the right things? Because right now you have somebody splitting his time between linebackers and special teams. Do you need somebody yeah. that's just working on special teams who can get to know everybody on the roster and find out what everybody is is feeling and and what they believe they can do to help on special teams as opposed to somebody who is working mm-hmm. with a certain position group and then I don't know how they they divvy that up his time between that and the special teams but let's just say you know the the free time he gets from working with the linebackers he goes over and he just talks to the kickers and kind of sees what they're doing but for the most part the kickers are off doing their own thing. Do you need somebody who is around them during practice mm-hmm. to make sure they're doing the right thing and they're doing things correctly where, you know, if they're doing one thing, one small thing, and they keep doing it over and over and over again, then it becomes muscle memory, and yeah. then they keep doing that wrong thing, and it's something that will mess them up down the line. So you made an interesting point there, and I'll get back to that, about how I, I think that they need to worry about a court. I think they need a, I should have a quarterback's coach because my whole thought on – Scott Frost wanting to step back and and not be so concerned about um, running the actual offense. Mm-hmm. If if you give him a quarterback, if you put Scott Frost in charge of quarterbacks, yeah, it's not as much um, demand every single day for just the quarterbacks coach. However, it's still something else that he has to do besides being the head coach. And to be fair, developing development has been lackluster. And if you have a good quarterback, your offense can go. And and here's the thing. is One thing you mentioned about having the kickers go off and doing their own thing, mm-hmm. that speaks to accountability. It does. And if, if you don't have accountability within any of the groups, not even just specialists, but if, if you don't have accountability in a program when, when you, as a staff, you can't trust guys to be doing, doing the right thing, doing the fundamentally sound thing, mm-hmm. eat when you're not watching, then that's a whole bigger problem that your program has. I mean, that and can I don't go think, for any and, position. And I, exactly. And I don't think Nebraska has that issue. However, you know what? Let me, let me backtrack. I don't think every position at Nebraska has that issue. Okay. There may be a couple where accountability isn't the number one um, focus point. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to be held accountable, whether it's coaches holding players accountable, whether it's players holding other players and teammates accountable. And then also, as a, as a player yourself, holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing that you can't just go out there and give 50%. Well, as a, I, I understand that, and you know, you want to have the players holding each other accountable and talking to each other and making sure everybody's doing the right thing. But at the same time, if you have, if you're, you're the starting kicker and you've got the backup kicker and a freshman kicker there with you, and they're trying to tell you, hey, you know, your plant foot is a little off here. Hey, your your kicking foot is a little, you know, slid to this direction or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the nuances of kicking, so I'm not going to pretend to. But if they're trying to correct, they're trying to correct the starter. What's to say the starter's just like, dude, I'm the starter for a reason. You can't tell me like what I'm doing is right, and then. You know, you go out and you miss a couple kicks. Like, yeah, there, there's one of those things where you you might need somebody there to make sure 
they're doing the right thing. And I know, you know, you don't have to have it all the time, but splitting your time between two of those different things is, is a little, is, is very time consuming. And it kind of, you know, in the span of one practice, you know, you've got to go from helping out on the defense to helping out with special teams and helping out with this and helping out with that. Um, but off that topic, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, would it, would it almost be better for the offensive coordinator to also be the quarterback's coach? Because in that vein, you would have the quarterback who has to know the entire offense and the offensive coordinator who is calling the plays for the entire offense working together to make sure the quarterback sees the right things and, and they're doing the right things. The offensive coordinator, they, they go over plays more often. Would that not be the, the, the right mesh possibly for an offensive coordinator? And a position, I think, it, position I think coach? that's interesting. We saw it with Lubick where he was the wide receivers coach as well. Um, you can kind of be be mm-hmm. um, be in charge of both positions. But there. how much easier would it be to call the plays to your quarterback and then after the play you're well, talking about the play and you're telling and, him, hey, this is what you need to do here. Your feet need to be here. You know, Your eyes need to be here. You need yeah. to look over here, et cetera. Like doing that kind of thing as opposed to, I don't know how Lubick did it, but you know, you call the play and then you go over to the receivers and you're like, hey, this is, this is you know, you need to break your route this way. You need to get your hands in here to block this way and et cetera, et cetera, where Mario Verduzco sitting back there and then he's telling the quarterback something that maybe Lubick thought was good yeah. and, and maybe Verduzco's changing it or something that Verduzco thought was good that maybe Lubick didn't like in the quarterback so it's just it's well, just one of those things and, and to be fair and and we've touched on this before obviously we've had a long time to kind of talk about this and, and weed through everything if the whole offensive staff is on the same page then you 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 uh minimize the, the amount of problems you can have mm-hmm. and you see it with the defense where mike dawson is is technically working with special teams and linebackers right linebacking linebackers have not have not um been a gotten problem. worse. They yeah. haven't been. been They've a gotten better. They've gotten better, and so that tells me right there that it is possible for a coach that wants to take on the the job of of managing special teams and another position group, whether, mm-hmm. whatever that is. If that's Mike Dawson next year, that's great. However, when you're when you're talking about um, a, a guy being an offense coordinator, whether he's a wide receivers coach or or a quarterbacks coach. I feel like you can just minimize a, a, a bunch of problems if you are all on the same page and speaking the same message. Mm-hmm. And it's not Adrian hearing one message from Mario Verduzco at one time and then going over and hearing a whole other message from Matt Lubick. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you can minimize a lot of problems that may be the turning point in a game. Obviously, a whole three points. I mean, you know, a field goal is is crucial in some situations. However, at the end of the day, touchdowns are worth more than field goals. Nebraska's red zone offense, atrocious. And Nebraska's red zone offense wouldn't be as bad if they could kick a field goal. That's absolutely right. However, they wouldn't be pressing as much to score, so they wouldn't have so and, many. Well, they're, they're not. I don't even know if they're pressing. They're, they're super conservative when they get into the red zone. It's, it's run the football, run yeah. the football, and then they can't which make is, a field which goal. Which is weird because you would think if you're in the red zone and you, you're scared that you can't kick a field goal, you would be you would be pushing more to score a touchdown because yeah. you're not confident in your in your kicker. But yeah, you're right. What it seems like is there it, it seems as if their confidence in their kicker is pretty high because they're like, Oh, we don't need to we don't need to try and rush things or push things into the end zone. We can kinda run it and yeah, if we don't get the first down yeah. to push farther into the red zone, ah, we'll just kick it. I just think that um being able having a having a whole offensive staff, off offensive unit Similar to what the defense is. You, you kind of look on the field and, and you watch how the defense plays and you feel like they're all on the same page. All the coaches are speaking the same message. And that helps towards quality play. Guys are embracing, embracing the roles. However, 
offense, there's been times where your things are things are spotty. It's sluggish. There's no sense of urgency, and you wonder why that is. And it's it's got to fix. If Scott Frost wants to stay here more than one one year, it, it's got to fix. And I think everybody wants it to work. We've we've had that conversation till kingdom come of that how bad Nebraska fans want Scott Frost to to work here. All right, let's take our first time out. When we come back, we'll be joined uh, by Aaron Sorensen of Hill Varsity here coming up in a couple minutes. We'll be back soon. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 